Have you ever wondered why a relationship that looks and feels so promising falls apart? I'm primarily talking about professional relationships, but it also happens in romantic relationships, friendships, and work groups. Really, any kind of situation in which two or more people are in a shared situation. Well, I've got a tool to help increase the chances for relationship success. It's not a be-all, end-all, and it does require effort, but on average, I've experienced great results. I mean, is there anything that's worthwhile that doesn't require some skin in the game? Hey everyone, I'm Laverne McKinnon, and welcome to the Moonshot Mentor Blogcast. I'm a certified career coach and grief recovery specialist. I help ambitious, driven people feel confident, empowered, and excited after experiencing a career setback. Whether it's from feeling stuck in a tough period or frustration from slow progress, I offer up tools and resources to revamp your path to career success. Okay, here we go. It starts out so good. You've gotten past LinkedIn's algorithm to actually have your resume reviewed by a human. The initial Zoom with the recruiter goes swimmingly well, and they actually follow up on the promise of having you meet with a hiring manager. You've done your homework on the company's mission and have your talking points lined up to show how you are qualified to meet every requirement in the job description. You've even found someone who knows someone at the company, and they've put in a good word. You nail the first two minutes of the interview. Your social media stalking has paid off and you've broken the ice by expressing a shared fondness for cross-country skiing, and it turns out you were both on the mammoth ski team as kids. What a stroke of luck. You answer every question in a succinct, targeted, story-based manner, clearly engaging the hiring manager as they laugh at the occasional self-deprecating humble brag. When they throw you a curveball, you definitely take a moment to breathe and consider your response then hit it out of the ballpark. Your gut tells you you've got this. In the back of your mind, you can't help but envision how you're going to thrive with your new boss. They're everything you've ever wanted. Curious, complimentary, respectful, trusting, loves to mentor, and will not email or call outside of business hours. You're finally in a good place with a good person where you will succeed. It's three months later, and it's gone to shit. What happened? So much has been written and spoken about in regards to how relationships thrive. From clear communication to shared goals to humor and everything in between. So why do relationships continue to fizzle out when they hold so much promise? Because there are unspoken expectations. There's one relationship tool that I use consistently that's not typically on the BuzzFeed or Goop or Psychology Today list. It's called a designed alliance, and it takes unspoken expectations and brings them into the spotlight so that the relationship has guideposts on how to navigate challenges and be set up for success. I learned the designed alliance term from my training as a coach through the Coactive Training Institute, but it's not a concept that's unique to that organization. I've come across terms like session agreement or team charter or non-negotiables that capture the same meaning and definition. I'm sure you've heard of other terms that describe like this idea of creating a brave container or a safe space, especially for those of you who have studied leadership or team dynamics. The key is to use a tool to set up any new or existing relationship to succeed. I found it's best in one-to-one or in groups up to 30 people. If the group is larger than 30 people, it's best to break it into small groups and then find the commonalities of the designed alliance between the groups. 
So here are the five broad steps to use the tool, and then I'm going to break it down even further. Number one, define what a designed alliance or team charter or session agreement is and what it requires to be effective. Number two, articulate the benefits of the designed alliance. Number three, invite a conversation by asking what's important as it relates to relationship dynamics. Number four, identify 10 to 12 elements of the designed alliance. And then number five, ask for agreement to the alliance once the elements have been identified. Okay, so let's take a little bit of a deeper dive here. Number one, the definition and the requirements. According to the Coactive Training Institute, a designed alliance makes explicit the implicit ways a relationship works and how it feels to be engaged with it. In other words, it takes what's unspoken and makes it spoken. It requires one to be honest with oneself as well as others. It requires transparency, which means there's a risk of being seen. Having your hopes and fears be fully heard and witnessed, that can be really tender and vulnerable. The first time I practiced designing an, an alliance outside of a coaching relationship, I was afraid I was going to be laughed at or worse, talked about behind my back. Luckily, I was met with curiosity and open-mindedness. The writer and I spoke about how responding to each other's communications within 24 business hours was important to each of us, even if it was just to say, I got it and I will get back to you as soon as possible. So here's a pro tip. It's okay to call this agreement by another name. What's key is making the unspoken expectations of the relationship known to all. Okay, number two, the benefits of a designed alliance. In my experience, the biggest benefit of designing an alliance is building trust. It immediately says that I'm ready, willing, and able to create clear communication and a structure to manage when that clear communication falls apart. The hard truth is that we are imperfect. And while we may have the best intentions for a relationship to go swimmingly well, reality will bop us on the head. Unexpected things happen. We lack resources. Our skills need improving. We make mistakes. A designed alliance is a tool in which we can say, hey, can we revisit our designed alliance? Something's gone a bit wonky. Other benefits include deepening the relationship by understanding what's important to the other person and also by being understood as well. Productivity increases because the designed alliance clarifies what everyone is pulling for or moving towards. Problem solving becomes more fluid because there's a structure in place to talk about the problems. Another pro tip, other benefits will become evident as the relationship grows since the designed alliance is a structure to build trust. With trust comes intimacy, with intimacy comes strong bonds. Okay, number three, the invitation and the conversation. You don't need to be the leader or the highest person on the hierarchical ladder to offer an invitation to make a designed alliance. If you're not officially in charge, then I would recommend having a sidebar conversation with the person who is in that position to help them understand what a designed alliance is and how it might benefit the relationship. Identify a time in which to have the conversation about a designed alliance. Having a dedicated time at the beginning of a meeting or a separate meeting is ideal. I've found that it's not a long conversation as soon as everyone understands the definition. So for me, it takes about 15 minutes total. Invite the group into the conversation by asking what's important to them as it relates to group dynamics. 
Some people may feel more comfortable expressing themselves in writing. So I have a whiteboard available either over video conference or in person. And sometimes I use a shared Google Doc. As people share their ideas, write them all down verbatim. It's important to use their words. If you feel the need to summarize, ask if you got it right. Now, you may need to get the conversation going. I typically will give an example of an element of the designed alliance that's important to me. For example, confidentiality. Okay, another pro tip. It's okay to have silences. Don't rush to speak. Allow people time to think. Okay, next one is the elements of a designed alliance. As you and the other person or the group are brainstorming, you'll probably find that there's actually a lot of overlap with the elements of the designed alliance. Common elements in addition to confidentiality are things like laughter, taking breaks, having each other's back, listening to understand. The goal is to identify about 10 to 12 elements and to have a clear understanding of what they mean. So going back to confidentiality, I actually offer up a definition of that word because confidentiality can mean different things to different people. So the way that I characterize it is what's said here stays here, what's learned here leaves here. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. What's said here stays here, what's learned here leaves here. I also clarify that it's not okay to share what's said, even if it's not attributed to that element that's frequently identified as respect. Respect also looks really different to different people. And so it's important to get granular on what that word means. And what I've heard in terms of respect is things like listening without interrupting, not hogging the spotlight, letting each person have their own experience. I was once involved in a really vibrant conversation about respect where someone said, Agreeing to disagree is respect. And then someone else in the group said that was actually disrespectful because it gave permission for someone to be stuck in their ways rather than get curious. Pro tip, it's okay to combine designed elements into a string of words. For example, humor, laughter, not take ourselves too seriously. Okay, now comes agreement. Once the elements are in place, review each one to see if it needs further clarity. You can ask, what does this word mean to you to ensure that everybody's on the same page with the definition? Once no further clarity is needed, ask the person or their group to agree to the alliance by a show of hands and a verbal yes. I like to have people raise their hands because it solidifies the agreement in a deeper way than just nodding ahead silently. At this point, it's important for me to acknowledge with you that the designed alliance is not chiseled in stone. New information and experiences will come along that may impact what was agreed upon. Using the language, may we redesign our alliance, is a great way to facilitate what might typically be a difficult conversation. It especially takes the edge off if someone has been triggered or has an insight on how the group can function more strongly. Redesign the alliance at the beginning of each meeting or on a regular basis. It's a quick check-in and it helps to have the elements written down so people can easily see them. I have at times invited a redesign of the Alliance when I felt tension during a meeting or a work session. It's been amazingly productive and it really does build trust. So final pro tip, it's important to acknowledge that a designed Alliance is not chiseled in stone. It's a dynamic agreement and anyone can revisit it at any point. So, the overall goal is clarity. As human beings, we crave clarity. It allows us to feel safe. And when we feel safe, we can do our best work and we meet our potential. 
The Designed Alliance allows us to gain clarity with the understanding that new information and experiences will come along that may require changes to the Designed Alliance. Finally, the Designed Alliance is not about doling out responsibilities. It's about speaking the unspoken expectations about how the relationship will function and feel. For example, a designed element may be, let's have clarity about the responsibilities in order for the relationship to thrive. So wrapping it up, I really hope that you never had the experience I described with interviewing and creating a dream relationship and then have it all fall apart. I've lived that enough for everyone. But since I started using the Designed Alliance tool, my relationships have gotten much, much better because unspoken expectations have become known. And when the relationships haven't been a match, it's been clear that the things that were important to each of us simply didn't align. So I like to end every blog cast with a journal prompt to really help you deepen your understanding of the tool. Question for you. If you were to design an alliance with yourself, what might that look like? What expectations do you have of yourself that may not be fully spoken? Okay, that's it for this week. If you have thoughts, if you have comments, if you have questions about the Designed Alliance, please drop me a comment. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'm also curious if you've got a similar tool or if you've used something um, else that's really helped you uh, succeed in relationships. If you have enjoyed what you've been hearing, please do subscribe. Your subscription helps me continue to provide tools and insights to support your career growth, including the importance of grief work. And if you want to work with me, I offer private coaching sessions as well as in-person and virtual group work. Reach out at lavernemckinnon.com and we can set up a complimentary consultation to see what might be a good match for you. Thanks so much and see you next week.